Hi guys and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. This is a snippet of a live show taping we did on November 9th, literally the day after Donald Trump was elected President of the United States. It features special guests Juan Mejia, Emberly Frost, and Freddie DeBoer. Juan is an award-winning filmmaker whose latest documentary, Death by a Thousand Cuts, is both a murder mystery and an investigation into the illegal charcoal trade on the Dominican-Haitian border. Go to deathbyathousandcutsfilm.com to find out more. Amberly Frost is a writer who teaches writing at NYU and is an editor at Current Affairs as well as a host of the Chapo Trap House podcast. Follow her on Twitter at Amberly Frost. Freddie DeBoer is a writer and academic who works at Brooklyn College, and you can find his work at freddiedeboer.com. To hear the entire rest of the show, that's over 40 minutes more, you guys, become a Patreon supporter at the $3 a month level or higher, of course. Subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and review us, and of course, check out patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. It's on the air on WBAI at uh, 7 p.m., and uh, right now I'd like to, to, Katie, are you ready? Are you, I, are you so, good to I go? I was born ready. Yeah. I know you I mean, were born. I, oh my God! Look at this. There's someone in the audience who just brought me a napkin. Thank you. That is so nice of you. Yes, that's right. We all have to take care of one another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It takes a village, guys. It does. It's, you know, does anyone know any exercises to like relieve stress or like, you know, like healing? You went to a shot. You did ayahuasca. Do you know anything for this? Uh, download, oh, Headspace. download Headspace. You can download Headspace. I just mean right now because I, I want everyone to be relaxed. Well, I feel pretty chill. Okay, you're chill. Okay, I'm pretty. Cool. I'm on my fourth cup of coffee wow, today. That's weird. It's that's taken weird. a lot just to wake up, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, I actually, uh, I don't know about you guys, but woo, this was a tough morning, right? I got out of bed and I missed two trains. They were full of people. Immigrants packed. and women. 7 p.m. in the morning, pa- 7 a.m. in the morning, packed, and uh, and you could hear a pin drop. Just long faces, just a multicultural uh, uh, ship of commuters just sad. Not a single person seemed like they were excited about the results last night. And, uh, and then I went to uh, teach uh, 60 little kids in New York City's public schools. And man, I guess their parents had terrorized them too because they, they seemed like trauma victims from, uh, from the results last night. They woke up, they ate their cereal, and they were, and they were like, what, Trump's, Trump, the guy you guys have been telling us is a monster for months? He's in charge? And then I had to teach them. Man, Civic? what a bu- And I oh. felt bad for everybody in the city, too. I was like, every single person I saw, it felt like the election was a slap in their face. From the Yemeni guy that gets me my 50-cent coffee in the morning at the bodega to the, uh, you know, the guards at the school who were all talking about it. And um, all, I'd say 80% of my coworkers are, are young women who have uh, master's degrees, and they were, root- they were rooting for Hillary, too. And- awesome. And, hey. we're, and we're on. Thank Are we you. on? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, great. So we have coming to the table first um, from the streets of, uh, I think, uh, Williamsburg. Are you in Williamsburg? Where are you? Harlem. Harlem. I knew it was a cool, trendy neighborhood. Juan Mejia, <laughs> filmmaker and immigration organizer. Immigrant rights organizer. We also have from the mean streets of Middletown, Connecticut, a writer, thinker, essayist, Freddie DeBoer. And Amber Lee Frost, thank you so much for coming. Hi. Hi. Fashionably on, on, on WBAI time, I would say. Great. And Amber writes for places like Jacobin and The Baffler and uh, Current Affairs. First of all, where was each of you when you found out that the United States had elected Donald Trump to be the president of the United States? I think it was Clinton Hill, but I'm not sure. 
Oh, that's funny. That, there's a pun in there. How did you hear the news? Did you just hear one state go? Was it multiple states? What? How did you? Well, I was watching television. Um, it was up really late uh, watching uh, the results come in. It seemed like it was taking them a really long time to declare those last sort of uh, handful of states, like Wisconsin and Michigan. And yeah, and then the next thing I knew, they declared. Juan? I was on my couch. Um, I was watching TV. And when I saw that neither Michigan nor Wisconsin were going to actually turn, I figured it was over. And I went to bed, and then I tossed and turned for about two hours. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I was drunk in a cab Ooh. Uh, with... Uh, very dear friends and comrades, and we were all incredibly shocked. None of us saw it coming. I mean, Current Affairs, the publication that uh, you mentioned, uh, actually like ran an article that said, uh, you know, Hillary's not strong enough candidate to win, and a vote for Hillary is a vote for Trump, trying to sort of like be this tongue-in-cheek thing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sensationalist. But they were right. Gabe? I was at the People's Improv Theater. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> Do you want to be with dramaturgs? I, and they were uh, very uh, rabidly um, pro-Hillary, more so than anti-Trump. They were very, and so it was a scene of, of sadness. A lot of sadness was happening. And um, I'd been uh, paying attention all night, but I'd been going from show to show to show. I think uh, the New York Times on my phone was giving me the prediction of like, Trump, 80%. And then the next time I checked, it was like, Trump, 85 and uh, I could not, I just couldn't believe it. Because the whole time, I thought that she had more ties to like the deep state, and uh, I was just tweeting that she, there is she no was- There's no Illuminati. Beyonce yeah. did not save us. Yeah, yeah, totally. I thought that she, she knew like who controlled the drones, and that she'd be in charge, but yeah. no. Yeah, how surprised were you guys, by the way, by this? So I was surprised. Um, I was off by four years. I've been arguing for a long time that uh, the Democrats are uh, in line for total electoral Armageddon, but I thought it would be 2020, not 2016. Um, I just, I uh, sort of thought too highly of the Clinton machine, but I think it's really essential to point out that the story of this election is incredibly simple. It's not complicated at all, which is that the Democrats nominated um, someone who was perhaps the least popular politician in the history of American national politics. Uh, Hillary Clinton's consistent negatives in unfavorability rating is literally unprecedented in the history of our national politics. Uh, and that's who the Democrats chose to represent them in an election, and an election is a popularity contest. And so we can break this up, and I'm very happy to do so, to talk about the demise of Rust Belt unionism. Democrats should never lose Wisconsin. Democrats should never lose Michigan. Uh, Democrats should never lose Pennsylvania. I, I talked to some of the younger folk, and they don't tend to know that the Rust Belt was the Democrats' base. That was the blue wall. Um, but because of the decline of unions and the fact that the, the Democratic Party has not fought for unions um, really at all, uh, this is one of the obvious consequences. But at, at the very bottom of this is Democrats chose, with a uniquely dangerous opponent, to nominate the least popular politician in the history of American politics. And now they're paying the price. Amen. Yeah. It's hard because I wanted to clap, but I don't want to clap because I don't want it to seem like I'm clapping at the fact that we did that. But I want to clap at the, how well you expressed that. 
Um, so what do you guys think um, can be done now? I mean, I'm trying to have this. I, when I thought of doing the show, I thought it was going to be a, what are we going to do now to hold Clinton's feet to the fire now that Clinton's president? What are we going to do? We can't. The organizing had to start yesterday. And I, I'm not totally, um, I didn't have a very um, developed post-Trump uh, election thing planned out. But what do you think is to be done now? To, to quote our dear friend, comrade Lenin. Uh, well, I mean, I think we're all very unprepared, which is fair. I think yeah. very few people saw this coming. Um, but at the same time, what I was looking forward to in terms of a, a, a Hillary Clinton presidency was not Hillary Clinton as president at all, um, but, but Bill rather as Mrs. First Lady. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, rather um, the Democrats being in power again and sort of heightening the contradictions between the Democratic Party and an actual left movement. Uh, I think uh, I, I think that the Bush years were terrible for the left uh, because people became so obsessed with just getting Bush out of office that they lost sight of sort of positive movement building. Uh, and they got extremely complacent with Obama, who they thought was going to be, um, you know, a, a progressive president. And I thought that we were going to be continuing that trajectory. But I am sort of optimistic because the left wasn't as strong, or strong, invigorated at least, uh, when uh, Obama came in, or, or, or when Bush came in, I mean. Um, and people are, and this is just an early temperature check, but people are joining organizations, people are, I have one journalist friend who's like, I'm taking off time from journalism to go back to union organizing. Uh, people are, I, I, people are responding to this with work. I think, I think it's never been more clear that the choice is socialism or barbarism. Ooh. Okay, you guys, take note. It was said here on the Katie Helper Show by Amberly Frost on uh, November 9th. Interesting. Um, I think that just to, to go off that a little bit, you know, I think that one of the reasons why Hillary Clinton was so disliked and so unpopular is the fact that she was that iconic representation of the establishment, right? And there was this obvious, you know, backlash or whitelash uh, <laughs> against uh, this symbol of the establishment and politics as usual, which I think, you know, in trying to find the positive and the negative does um, provide some sort of opportunity, right? There is definitely a vacuum where, you know, Donald Trump is not going to step up for the working poor. You know, Donald Trump is not going to in any way address the, the needs, the frustrations of the working class, whether white, Latino, or black, uh, or anybody. So there is going to be a vacuum where people obviously spoke, and we could see that even when, when Bernie Sanders was, was running for the Democratic Party, that, that there is a need for something else. And I do agree. I think that what happened is, in a way, you know, symptomatic of the crisis of capitalism in general. I think that that's never been so clear as it is today. And that does open up the door for trying to build something different and, and get out of the politics as usual. I also think that uh, one positive that can be taken from this, if they're smart, and 
I almost always bet against Democrats being smart, but um, this is the perfect opportunity for Democrats to recognize that. What is it that the Democrats can learn? To hear the rest of the show, over 40 minutes more, become Patreon supporters at $3 a month. Or, of course, you can give more and get a Katie Helper Show mug, calendar. Subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and review us, and of course, check out patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show.